Well, hello, everybody. This is Jen Springer, Young Living Platinum, and I hope you're as excited to see what's going on in your month this month as I am. For February 2015, we are jamming. I just wish we had a couple more days this month because I think it would be a super all-time high more than ever. But there's always March, right? So I've been with the company since 2001. And, you know, many of you have heard my story before, but I just remember, you know, working corporate America, I remember, well, going even before that, I remember being in high school and watching my dad go to work every day, in and out, you know, Monday through Friday, sometimes Saturday, and I'm thinking, I don't know, do I want to go to college and wind up the same way as he did? You know, just, uh, I just couldn't imagine doing that. Well, I did go to college, and I did wind up doing what he did. I worked for an electronics manufacturing company for a couple years, and then I went on to work for a national, actually an international car manufacturing company, and I was in that same position. You know, you get to work, you do your job, you hate your job, you hate everybody at your job, (laughs) makes you sick, you get ulcers, you know, that kind of stuff. You complain on the weekends. You got not enough time. You know, all all that jazz. And I just couldn't imagine making it to 65. I'm like, there's no way. I, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I was in my 20s, and, and uh, I just remember looking up to the sky and, and driving to work one day. It was a half hour drive. I remember looking up through my windshield and saying, you know, God, Spirit, whoever is out there listening to me please bring me something. I, I can't do this. I can't be this until I'm 65. Give me something I'm going to love and that I'm going to love to do for a long time. Well, within a few months, I think it was a bit from that point, my veterinarians were coming out and, you know, working with the horses. That's one advantage of having horses. Most of the time they come to you versus you go see them. And I remember my vet just saying to me, hey, you know, uh, his wife at the time, you know, Deb and I are, you know, we would like to talk to you about going into business with us. Well, of course, I'm a red personality, and I was very excited about that because my, my veterinarians wanted, wanted to go into business with me. I was so flattered. But needless to say, I went to a small presentation at their home, and Young Living Oils was part of the presentation. And I just remember thinking, those little bottles are just so cool. Like, I, I don't know what it is about them. I didn't know anything about them. I didn't even know if such oils even existed. But I was just magnetically drawn to those oils. And I'm the type of person you cannot sponsor on the spot. So don't ever get discouraged. When you do a class or a presentation and that person sits there with the crossed you know, crossed arms, they dodge out, they don't want to talk to you, they take an enrollment form and they don't, you know, give you a chance to even say, Can I help you? Don't be offended because that could be your next huge leg like me. <laughs> you know, I enrolled myself online. I had my sponsor's information, but I went home and I did my research on Young Living and I bought the desk reference. And at the time it was purple. That's stating myself there. Bought the desk reference, read the book, put my first order together, and I enrolled myself. And my sponsors didn't even know I was even thinking about buying the oil. So don't ever give up on that jerk in your class that leaves and doesn't let you talk to them, okay? Just make sure that you've got your literature on your literature, your member ID number, because that was me. And so within a short period of time, I got my business going off the ground. And, well, I enrolled in May of 2001, and I started doing my first classes in the fall of 2001. And by, I think it was April of 2002 is when I quit my corporate job. I was able to walk into my, quote, boss's office 
and say, dude, I am done in two weeks. And I just remember them looking at me, you know, because I was 20-something and I was cute and, you know, all that stuff. And I'm just saying this because that environment was a little unequal, we'll put it that way. And I just remember this guy looking down at me going, okay, little girl, you just go do your thing and and go do your oil thing and and have fun with that. Good luck. Well, I can tell you right now, I make way more money than he does at this point. And from what I remember, he actually got laid off. It's not too far of the future from that time. So I don't know how he's doing in his life or his role, but all I know is I've been with Young Living for 15 years here we're going on. And it's amazing. It's it's just it's a really amazing thing to help people to offer this gift of the oils, of course, and the other products, but also the business because you never know who is looking to get out of their situation or increase their situation or why somebody wants to do a business. And don't ever judge anybody who might be good or bad for the business. Remember, I was an engineer, okay, and my background is environmental science. Do you think I'm the typical perfect candidate for growing a big, big, you know, marketing business? No. I had no friends. I had no circle of influence at the time. I was antisocial. I wouldn't be considered the ultimate prospect, if you know what I'm saying. But I was also the person in the back of the room that wouldn't look you in the eye as I grabbed, the you know, the enrollment forms and left and didn't let anybody talk to me. So don't ever judge on any presentation that you ever do because, you just never know what's going to come of it. I know uh, one of the, my team members last week got really down on herself because she did a presentation and nobody enrolled. And you know what? It happens. It doesn't mean anything. Does it mean you did anything wrong? Maybe not. Maybe. Maybe you said everything backwards and you had like, you know, stuff in your hair and your, you know, you smelled bad that day. I don't know. It's probably not likely though. It's really not about you. When that happens, you can reflect and say, did I say anything different? Was I off that day? Maybe I didn't know my audience that well. Or maybe it just is a fluke. And who knows? I'll tell you, usually what happens in those situations is that you warm those people up incredibly so. And that's why it's so important to get your class information, your list information. You pass around in a a sheet saying, name, email, phone number, whatever, what interests you, and then you follow up with those people because a lot of times they don't want to talk to you at the class. They want to you know, maybe talk to you later about something private. I did two presentations last week. One had 16 myself. Nobody enrolled in one of those classes. Do you think – I don't even – I didn't even think twice about it. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'll get them later. You know, I always do. <laughs> and I know it wasn't about me. Maybe I was off. Maybe I wasn't. I don't know. I just I don't take it personally, and you can't take it personally, but you got to follow up. And then the next day I did another presentation. I think we had about 10, and the account that we did the presentation for was a professional account. So everybody attending could have been enrolled because they wouldn't have been sponsored by the host who was a professional account. Nobody enrolled at that point. You know what? It, it's not about me. It doesn't mean I'm a bad, you know, presenter or anything like that. Usually we get, you know, 7 out of 10 or 8 out of 10 or sometimes 10 out of 10. But I know I'm going to be following through. And that's what's so important when you do these presentations is you follow through. Make sure you get in touch with those people again. Maybe they need to hear whatever it is you have to say a couple times, three, four, five times, seven times. Boy, I tell you, there are people that I, what I do is I, I scan the audience and I, really kind of try to touch base with everybody to some degree within the audience. And I kind of figure, who do I really vibe on? Who is in alignment with me? And I go after those people. 
And sometimes those people take me a year to sponsor. Okay, I'm on the verge of diamond, and it sometimes takes me still a year to sponsor people. And I'm not kidding about that. There's a girl that that exact thing happened to, took me about a year to sponsor her, and now this girl is hot building her business. Was it worth the wait? Absolutely. It was about developing relationships with this person. It was about really guiding and showing this person on what it is that she needs to do in order to build her business. And that's okay. She's a green personality, you know, going on the colors. They sometimes take time. You know, those people that are worth the wait are always worth the wait. <laughs> so that's uh, my anecdote for you for today. And it just was this incredible segue into, you know, from the intro into that anecdote. But let's talk quick about the specials. We have really cool specials this month. And if you haven't tried the Taste of Italy, you're going to want to get it. It is just a really cool oil. I've been cooking with it multiple dishes so far this week, and I really love it. But always remember, less is more with the oils in cooking. And so what I like to do is I'll mix the oil in, like, I don't know, quarter to half a cup of liquid, either liquid from the sauce that I'm making or additional water that I can reduce down. And then I put the drops of oil in, and then I put it in the dish you know, I don't put one drop in the dish and stir it in. Also, too, when you're putting the oils into your dish, it's better to add them at the end so that they don't evaporate out, okay? So it's just giving you cooking 101. And also, if it's a small dish, use a toothpick and dip it into your oil and then put that in your water or your sauce and then add it in because sometimes one drop of oil is too much. But I'll tell you, that taste of Italy, I don't know if I want to eat it or rub it on my body to do like a raindrop on myself. It's so fantastic with all those oregano oils in it. But for the 190 PV, you get that oil. And then you also, but you got to be on essential rewards to get that oil. But you get the, the thyme oil, 5 mil, automatically if you're at 190 PV. But you got to be on essential rewards in order to get that other oil. So for 250 PV, if you're on Essential Rewards, you get Taste of Italy, and you also get the lavender at this point in the month because they ran out of the lotion. You get the uh, body wash, and you get the 5 mil of thyme. Who needs more thyme? We all need more thyme, don't we? And then for 300 PV, you get those things I just mentioned, plus you get an additional 30 Essential Rewards points, of course, if you're on Essential Rewards. So it's definitely worth being on Essential Rewards. And Young Living's new oil-infused lifestyle program, I'm not going to go into that right now, but make sure you check your emails and read that because it's awesome. (laughs) It's really awesome. And I added on like three products, and I'm going to get a bunch more points, and I'm really pretty pumped about it. So tonight is our weekly Monday night call. I don't know how long it's going to last because, as you know, and I've been mentioning, I'm doing a bunch of recordings to have these available as my own trainings. You know, they're going to be available on the website. So definitely listen to them again. I may be pulling them off in the future and making a product out of them. I don't know. So definitely go back and listen to these and share with your people. Um, Like I said, I don't know what the future holds with these recordings, but I want to do a series, and this is the third one in the series. So I don't know how long it's going to last, you guys. So it could be 30 minutes, could be, you know, finishing at the top of the hour. I don't really know. But I just want to give you a heads up no matter what time this finishes because we've already done expos. We've done how to do a simple class. If there are any topics you want me to record a special training like this on, just reply to my weekly email and let me know what topic that is, okay? And if you don't know how to get those emails or listen to any of the recordings, 
go to OurSimpleTraining.com, click on the button that says Monday Night Call, and then you will see right there you can put your email in, and you can also listen to everything that I've recorded in the past. So there you go. So tonight's presentation, we're going to talk about how to get started in your business, getting set up the right way. Well, when you start your business, especially something like Young Living, it's easy to not be professional about it. And I don't mean that in a negative way. What I mean by that is we often start out really um, with our toe in the water, for lack of a better term. We're just going to try this thing, right? Just see what happens. <laughs> I know when I started, I that was a little bit of my attitude at first. I'm like, well, I don't know about this, you know. And then I told a few people and I got a $6 check. They don't even write checks anymore for $6. And I just remember, wow, if I tell more people, I get a bigger check, and that's exactly what happened. But I really didn't know where it was going to take me. And if you're new in your business, you don't know where it's going to take you. I could tell you the possibilities are incredible where this business can take you. I mean, who would think that you can make a really sizable six-figure-plus income, even a seven-figure income with Young Living, and help people at the same time and feel good about what you do? I mean, that's a pretty cool business to be in. But when you get started, it's really important to establish your business presence. And there's a few reasons for that. One is people are going to know you're in business. How are they going to know what you're doing if you don't let them know, right? <laughs> Just I'm going to start this business. I'm not going to tell anybody. The second thing is it does great things for you in creating that professionalism and you taking your business seriously. That's probably the biggest hurdle that I see with people is that there's so many people looking for the oil and there's so many people looking for answers and for health and even looking for business. But we don't take what we do in Young Living seriously. I mean, you can start up a business, a multi-million dollar business for $150, really $40 if you go with the $40 kit, but 9 out of 10 Nine plus out of ten people at least go with one of the premium starter kits. So the average person is starting their business for 150 bucks. I don't know where you can start a multi-million dollar potential business for 150 dollars. Also, you're starting a business where you have the products available, the warehouses in place, the farms in place, all the staff, people who write your paychecks, attorneys, everything is at your fingertips for 150 bucks. And then it's 100 bucks a month in order to get your check. So, wow, I, you know, a lot of people don't realize the impact of what that kit gets, to, you know, gets you. And we don't take it serious because, boy, we can take 150 bucks and blow that. We have to spend more money than at the makeup counter, at the, at the um, bare minerals or wherever you buy your makeup, you know. <laughs> we don't take it seriously. Like, oh, here's $150, yeah, whatever. I didn't put that much into that young living business, so it doesn't matter that I didn't make it do anything right. No, you, you have a real gift with this company because it really, uh, it, it really can yield you whatever you want, right? I mean, I quit my corporate job within six months, and I'm one story out of so many people. And does it mean it's going to happen for you? Maybe, maybe not. But it's really important to have your business presence established when you start. So to get yourself set up, I'm going to give you a little bit of a checklist, okay, and this will help you get your you-know-what together, if you know what I'm saying. So when – now, one thing I'm going to preface with this. 
this doesn't mean that you need to get all these things in place before you start your business, start telling people, okay? <laughs> a lot of people are the preparing type. They're like, oh, i got to get set up first. I got to go get trained and become a certified aromatherapist first. Oh, I got to do this training course of Randy Gages first. Oh, I got to go to, you know, this training seminar first. No. <laughs> Just get started telling people about the oil. Start doing presentations. Start talking to people. Start calling people. But this is what you're going to do while you're doing that, okay? So here's your getting started checklist. First thing is get a designated space in your home for your office. Preferably something with a door. And with something with a door is going to allow you to tax deduct that percentage of your home. So if you have an office, which is a room with a door where you conduct your young living business, however much space that takes up in your home, 10%, 20%, that will be a tax deduction. I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty with that because you got to talk to your accountants on how they want to see that itemized and all that jazz. And if you own your home, there's like, you know, if you sell the home and there's taxes involved, if you rent to yourself for your business and blah, blah, it gets confusing. And so you got to talk to your accountant. But just know that you can tax deduct some of your office space in your home. So the advantage of having a home-based business. So you have your file cabinets, your folders, and all your supplies that are dedicated to your business right there. If you don't have an office, do a closet, <laughs> okay? Or get some of those dividers you know, those screens, you can get those and make like a walled area, okay? Very important that you have that, preferably with a doorknob, all right? So that's the first thing. The second thing is have access to a computer or a tablet or whatever you're going to have, some technology so that you can be able to run your business. It's very, very cost-effective and convenient to run the majority of your support for your business through the Internet, using Facebook, the, the groups, or managing your teams. Of course, email. Uh, there's so many things, YouTube videos, blah, blah, blah. There's, there's such support that you can do through the Internet. It's, it's really important to do that. You can also, of course, manage everything through Young Living's website, all that, or you can use a database like the Wild Family database, uh, Vicki offers, wildfamily.com, so you can track and manage your growth. The new virtual office is doing a lot of that too. So just saying, get your technology in order. As much as I love my tablet, my computer still reigns when it comes to the technology for running my business. Just because it's a powerhouse, it's also bigger. <laughs> when you get to a certain age, you got to see things a little bigger. Even though a tablet, you, know, you can see stuff pretty good, but you know what I'm saying. It's just got more power, and you can put it up on bigger screens, and there's a lot of stuff. But anyways. So the third thing is have a designated phone line for your business. If possible, do not make it your home phone. I've called so many people that have been in, quote, business, and you hear the phone pick up, hi, this is Martha's cleaning business, and you hear the kids screaming in the background, press one for Martha's cleaning business, press two for Jacob, press three for blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, my God, this is terrible. So have a line dedicated for your business. You can also just dedicate your cell phone. When you're using, you know, multiple um, uh, devices, you just pick your primary. I use my cell phone as my business phone because if I move, which I've done a few times, that landline is no longer available. You know, somebody tries to call my old office phone, they're not going to get my number. It's gone. 
but my cell phone has been with me for four moves, and this is what I use for my business. I get people that call me from 10, 15 years ago that saw me in a presentation, and I use my cell phone. And my cell phone has the appropriate greeting on it for my Young Living business because I do write this phone off as my expense for my business. And everybody I talk to on this phone line has to do with my business. But if you're going to use your phone for personal and for business, you're going to have to split that bill and figure out how much is business and how much is personal, and that's how much you pay. So say 50% is business, you're going to have that bill will get paid for through your business. But preferably I would keep them separate because I'm lazy and I really don't want to figure out any more math than I have to. So my cell phone is a business phone, okay? (laughs) So number three, number four, I'm sorry, is name your business. Name your team as well. Give yourself an identity, and it also lends credibility. So my Young Living business is, I've got my company that holds my distributorship. Peacock Enterprises is my company. That's who holds my distributorship. I don't call myself Peacock Enterprises, my Peacock team or anything like that, right? But that is who holds my business. And when I first enrolled, it was my social security number, my name, but I wanted to really lend myself credibility. And all of a sudden, I I felt like a lot of people say, when you get to a certain rank, then put in your LLC or your S Corp. Well, I'm the type of person that, As soon as I decided to do a business, I switched it over to my S-Corp. The reason why is I really wanted to take myself seriously, and I didn't want to approve myself once I got to, you know, master star is what it was at the time. Uh, You know, that's when I'll switch it over. I'll switch it over when I got to ambassador or whatever. That's what it was, you know, equivalent to uh, gold. I wanted right away to do that, so I switched it over to my S-Corp. But I also get my team has a different name. Okay, my team is Rebel Wealth, you know, the Rebel team. And so when you are doing your business, what are you going to name your team? There's a green team. There's a sweet team. You know, there's, of course, Lemon Dropper team. You know, there's all these teams. Come up with a team. Have fun with it, right? You know, drop some grace. You know, there's all these awesome teams out there. So name your team as well. And, of course, they're going to name their teams within your team. So don't get weird when somebody wants to spin off and call their own team something else within your team celebrate that because they're like jamming on and doing it without you, which is a great thing. So name your business and name your team. They can be the same thing or they can be different, right? I don't want to call my team a bunch of peacocks. (laughs) That would be weird. And I know some of you are listening and you're probably thinking, thank goodness, we're not wearing like peacock jackets and peacock feathers in our hair or something. It'd be really weird. Okay, number five is get your business cards, your letterhead, your stationery, make labels so that you can put them on your catalogs and brochures that you hand out. That's the biggest crime I ever see is people giving out literature that doesn't have a name attached to it and a way to contact somebody. Get a rubber stamper as well so you can stamp things easily if you don't want to use labels. Or I use both of them. I actually, have, I'm, a, I'm a little bit behind in my stamper. <laughs> I've, I just use labels right now. But I'm not giving out a lot of literature like I used to. But when I used to give out tons and tons and tons of literature, I would use a rubber stamper versus label because, I'm again, I already said it, I'm lazy. And the, I'd rather not be using things for my time making labels and just quickly doing a stamp. So have your information on all of this stuff. 
that has your name, your phone number, your email address, your Young Living member ID, and a website if that's applicable to you, okay? Have them printed, preferably. But if you're on a budget, design them yourself. And I know some people can get along pretty good until they can afford to have their stuff done. But you can have a lot of cards made for like 10 bucks, you know, and have that done. But if you're going to do letterhead and everything else, have somebody do it. Or go to your local community college or college and see if they have a design department that a student can help and do a project for you. you that's also a thing you can do. Use your local resources that you have. Or maybe trade services or something like that with somebody that does a little graphic design. Or just pay for it. just depends on where you're at with your budget. So personalized Young Living cards are, you know, they're available through different resources that we have, you know, around for Young Living. You can go to Crown Diamond Tools. I think LSP has them. And you know, different people have these available. But you, you don't have to do that or you can do that, whatever works for you. But get your identity down on paper. That's why I had you name your business and your teams first and then have your business card. I will tell you one thing I do like to do, and it sounds corny, I like to have my picture on my card. I know it's a real estate thing. Realtors do this all the time. But I want people to look at that card and remember who I am. I don't know about you, but I don't remember anybody's name. Sorry, guys. It's just don't take it personally. If you introduce yourself and two minutes later you ask me your name, I remember the face. And even if I give out my card and somebody sees my face on there, they may not remember my name, but they'll remember me and my face. So I do encourage you to put your face on there. And make sure, please, 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 you do a professional photograph, okay? I've seen a lot of your Facebook profiles, and you look like serial killers. So please get a professional photography done. And it doesn't mean you need to go pay a couple hundred dollars to go get a sitting. Have somebody take a picture of you outside your hair looks nice. You don't look like you just rolled out of bed and maybe put a little lipstick on your lips if you're into that. Guys, too. <laughs> you know, it goes a long way. I'm just saying, you know, I'm not saying you don't have to be somebody you're not. But even guys, get a little powder on your face. You know, I'm just saying that because that's what the professionals do, right? You don't want to have a big old shiny forehead and bags under your eyes and you get your picture taken. You want to look nice. And so you're going to use that image on your cards. You're going to use that image on your Facebook profile and any other things that you do. It's really important to have professional pictures done. Okay, number six is find an accountant who is experienced with home-based business. And what I mean by that is if, if Uncle Ted has been your accountant forever, just cranking out your EV 1040, he may or may not be well-versed in home-based business. There are a lot of deductions that you can take as a home-based business, but you've got to make sure your accountant gets it. I went through three accountants. I, I remember the first accountant I had when I started my home-based business. I had to educate her on what I could deduct. I was like, and I'm like, mind you, I was like 20-something. I don't even know anything. I just had done my own in the previous years and I'm telling this person how to I deduct things and I'm like this is bad and then the next accountant I went to kind of got it and they charged me a boatload because I was S Corp they charged me like almost a thousand dollars to do my taxes and that was 15 years ago and then I finally got my accountant that I have now who I hold on to dearly and they they work with other network marketers they understand the home-based business deductions 
So you want to find somebody that does that. You may even ask your upline, who do you use? Somebody who's a diamond or gold or platinum. Somebody who's been around. Make sure that you're getting your full advantages of having your home-based business and your accountant understands that. And get educated yourself. Don't just rely on the laurels of your accountant, okay? Number seven is explore how you want to set up your business. Now, I'm not telling you what to do or not to do, but investigate your options. Do you want to maintain being a sole proprietor, which means using your social security number as, you know, what you, most of you, that's how you enrolled. Some of you are doing a business and you never thought you were going to do a business. Why would you have done anything other than a sole proprietorship with your social, right? Or do you want to become an S-corporation and run your distributorship through an S-corp or an LLC? I am an S-corp person. It's so funny because I'm from Illinois, and everybody does everything under S-corps in Illinois. I move up here to North Dakota in the western side of Minnesota, and everybody up here does LLCs. It's, like, hilarious. It's totally funny. Nobody up here does small business, does S-corps. Everybody's LLC up here. So just talk to people. Talk to your accountant or an attorney. Decide what is best for you for liability, protection, taxes, everything, okay? Just saying. It doesn't mean you need to do that right now before you start your business, but it's something to consider. And then what you do is when that time comes, you decide to go S-Corp LLC or whatever it is, then you can change your account over with Young Living and get the right tax information on file. So the, the next thing is set up your checking account and savings account for your business. This is number eight. I will really, really, really discourage you from running your personal finances and your business stuff in the same account. Even if you go with a sole proprietorship and you're running everything under your social security number, go set up a separate checking account at least. Because, again, I'm lazy, and I know most of you are lazy too. And when you go through at the end of the month and you're checking your statements and you're pulling out your business expenses and your personal expenses and it's all messed up and you can't remember what you did, it's a mess. Trust me, it's a mess. So take your first paycheck and open a checking account. Okay, you can give yourself a personal loan, $500 to start your Young Living business. Put it into your, your Young Living checking account that you open up or your separate checking account and pay yourself back in interest. But have it separate. Do yourself this big favor because when you go to do your taxes, and God forbid if you ever become get audited, it having it clearly separated, running only business expenses through your business account, not commingling your funds, is a good thing. Okay, trust me on this. And if you have a savings account associated with your um, your checking account for your business, that's also a good thing as well. And the way I have it linked is. My savings account for my business is linked to my checking. I really can't get it out any other way, so it has to go through those channels. <laughs> and so every time you, you pay yourself or whatever, you transfer money from your business account and you're paying yourself to your personal, then that's easy for tax reporting purposes and such. Okay, So please do yourself a big favor. Go get yourself a separate checking account. If you are to the point in your business where you're making enough money, then do a savings account. So those are the eight things you need to get going for that part of it. So let's talk about keeping records. 
I know, I know. I my accountant tells me I do a great job, but I feel like I don't. <laughs> I'm kind of disorganized, and I fly by the seat of the pants, and I've got everything in a box, and I sort it out at the end of the year. And I would love to do it every month, and maybe that'll be a goal in my future life. <laughs> but I do pretty darn good, I'll be honest. And I have everything run through QuickBooks. I don't like QuickBooks. I prefer other, uh, what do you call them, uh, softwares. But QuickBooks is what my accountant uses, and most accountants use QuickBooks. So ask your accountant what software they want you to use. But at the end of the year, when I go to do my taxes, I just send them out a portable file, and then they do their thing. So it's one of the best ways to keep the records because, like I said, you're going to create your own checking account. And that checking account, you're going to keep the, the balance and the, what do you call it, the, the register and the deposits and reconcile all of that through QuickBooks or whatever software you use or your accountant uses. Some of them use even Excel, whatever. Just find out what your accountant uses, what's easiest. And it makes life so easy. Trust me on this. So, you know, get, get the appropriate software for your taxes and your records. So make sure you talk to your accountant before you buy that, okay? I love Microsoft Money. I used it for my own stuff forever, and I used it for the business stuff. It was so easy to use. My accountant hated it. <laughs> she, they didn't use the, the – they used QuickBooks, and finally after like a few years I gave it, and then I got QuickBooks, and I still hate it. But it makes life good. So create – okay, you're going to have your software for your accounting. But also you're going to create a filing system. Okay, and these are some of the categories that you're going to use for your expenses. Because remember, you've got your own business. There's a lot of stuff that you could not write off before, but now you can. But what I mean by write off is, and you know, when I teach business classes even for massage therapists and things like that. They're like, what does write off mean? Well, it offsets your, your profits. Okay, so let's say you have $1,000 that you made from Young Living. But you spent $300 on, you know, uh, let's think, advertising, some business cards, maybe did a little expo, you know, $300 doesn't really get you that far, but we'll just say three, you spent 300 bucks on your business expenses. So instead of being taxed by the IRS on $1,000, you minus your expenses, 1000 minus 300 now you'll pay taxes on the 700 versus the 1000 because you got you know you had to put money in to make money right so the government says okay you're not going to then pay taxes on on that stuff that you you know had to put in to make money and so you're taxed on that 700 versus the 1000 so you want to keep track of all these things so you can offset your business it's not your your taxes i mean it's not unusual for the first few years especially if you go all in with growing your living to be kind of there in the red. I, trust me, the first couple of years I was in business, I took full advantage of all write-offs I could do. And I didn't, like, make a lot of money, in quote, on paper, okay? Even to this day, I don't make a lot of money on paper. I think I make $44,000 is my W-2 from my corporation to me, forty-four, forty-eight, something like that. But there's a lot of expenses that I wrote off through my corporation, Okay, so I know this is getting a little deep for some of you, but I, some of you are following me, some of you aren't, but this is stuff you need to talk to your accountant about, all right? But let's talk about some of your things that you're going to 
have is deductions or expenses to offset your income. One is your mileage. I know mileage changes all the time, especially, you know, when gas went way up and all that stuff. So make sure you get the appropriate amount for mileage. But keep a log in your car or keep it on your phone. There's apps for that. So keep track of your mileage. So all of your, um, how do you want to say, all of your miles that you go out and do things for are going to be things you can write off that you couldn't before. This is also another important reason why your office is in your home because you can't write off going from home to work. So if I have an office from my house and I've got an office two blocks away, those two blocks in mileage I can't write off. But when I go from my office to, you know, Minneapolis to go to a meeting, I can deduct those miles because I went from my office to the meeting. You following me? So if you have an office in your home, your home becomes center base, you know, the the home base, literally. (laughs) And then from your home, wherever you go to meet people for coffee or your meetings that you go to or convention you drove to or whatever it is, all this mileage now is can be put in that log. Okay. So this is what the IRS gives you credit for for your vehicle. If you deduct miles, you cannot deduct gasoline. So if you're paying for gas through your, your business expense, you can't also deduct miles. So you've got to pick one or the other. You've got to pay for your gas through your personal account and then deduct the mileage and submit them to your company and get reimbursed or whatever your account wants you to do. But you can't do you can't have the best of both worlds. You can't have your company or, or your business account pay for your gas and deduct the mileage. You gotta pick one or the other. Typically taking the mileage is better because it takes into account it factors in any maintenance on your vehicle that your driving would incur and also the fuel. Okay. The second thing to have is a is a category for you know doing your files and also in your QuickBooks is advertising. Newspaper, magazines, expos, commercials, samples, flyers, whatever it is that you need to do to get your word out is advertising. So create that category. Create that file folder, whether it's in QuickBooks as a category or it's advertising in, in a binder that you make. One of those little, um, what do you call it? I get, they're called accounting boxes. <laughs> they sell them at Office Depot and Max. You can get the little like accordion things and you've got all your sleeves. Yeah, <laughs> you can do that. It's how I, I break everything apart, all the receipts this way, and then it reflects and it mirrors into my QuickBooks. So I've got vehicle. I've got advertising. You're also going to have bank fees and loan interest. Okay. Some of you aren't going to take out a loan to do your business. I'll, I'll tell you something that not many people know this. I took out a $20,000 loan to get my Young Living business started. may even have been more than that, but I I don't want to admit it right now. (laughs) But I took out a huge loan for inventory because I did trade shows. I went around the country and did expos and trade shows. Those expos are a lot of money. I spent like $10,000 in copies that year. So, So you might have a loan. That's a whole different story. But number three, three was bank fees and loan. The fourth thing here is professional development. You're going to need this category because you're going to be going to seminars, workshops, trainings, books that you buy, CDs that you buy, things that you download onto your phone that you bought through iTunes or Audible. Anything that's enhancing your skill is professional development. 
So that's going to be a category that you're going to have. It's one of my biggest categories, to be honest. Number five is contractors or employees. Speak to your accountant about this, but if you're hiring somebody to help you, you got to figure out how you're going to pay them. But I'll be honest, the only employee of my company is me. Peacock Enterprises pays Jen Springer and W2's Jen Springer at the end of the year. I have somebody that helps me out do other things, but she's an independent contractor. But if your head is spinning right now, don't worry about it. That's why you've got to get that good accountant that I told you to do a few minutes ago. Another category that you're going to have is your office space. So rent. You can expense this. If you have a home, you can pay yourself with a check every month. I used to do that in my house when I actually owned the house and a mortgage. I paid myself, I think it was four or $500 a month. I wrote, Peacock Enterprises wrote Jen Springer a check every month for rent. Now that I'm renting until I buy my own place again, I actually pay my rent with two checks. One check comes from Peacock Enterprises. Another check goes to uh, my, for my own personal account, okay, because I want to keep it separate. So when my tax time comes, I, it's easy, and I love myself at the end of the year because I can just take two to $400 a month and just write it off because it was what I paid for rent. Number seven is office supplies. This is one, another big category. You're going to have everything from copies to furniture, pens, paper, whatever things you need to have done. This is going to include your, uh, your business cards. All that stuff is office supplies. You also have number eight is office equipment, fax machines, computers, projectors, all that stuff that you purchase. The big ticket items will be depreciated. And let your account figure that out. <laughs> that to me is a lot of math. And I love math. I'm not saying I don't love math, but I'd rather be using my math for other things. If you lease something, you can use the fees for leasing. Often I'll lease my computers, and then I'll buy them out for a dollar at the end. So whatever. I just bought a new piece, a big piece of equipment, which I will depreciate. So talk to your accountant about that. I don't understand the whole depreciation thing. I just know they figured it out for me as assets or whatever they do. Uh, number nine will be professional associations. And that includes memberships. If you join any membership, if the ARACE would be included in there. Professional associations, if you're a therapist, you know, you've got like associated body works and massage professionals. You've got different things like that can be written off. If you join, uh, who is it, uh, small business association, there's also the, oh, boy, what is it? I'm trying to remember. The Direct Selling Association, <laughs> that was a hard one, wasn't it? Uh, direct Selling Association, DSA, all these things can be put underneath this category. And also insurance. Insurance is another one. Make sure that you get covered. Talk to your insurance agent to make sure you're not leaving yourself out in the open. Number 10 is postage and handling. That's a no-brainer. Number 12 is meals and entertainment. Business discussed over meals, coffee, tea, going to the movie theater, you're taking your team out to go play pool together, all deductible. Not the whole thing, but can be deducted up to 50%. So when you're entertaining yourself or your team members or your prospects, it's to your advantage to keep those receipts and pay through your business account. Number 13 is business travel. Okay, easy. Airfare, hotel expenses, cabs, limos to the airport, throw from the airport. 
You know what I'm saying? Pretty easy. Number 14 is internet and phone service. I already talked about phone a little bit. Internet's pretty much the same thing. The, the next one here is 15 is your Young Living purchases that are required for you to get your commission check is deductible. You don't get paid unless you put in a 100 PV order for most of you guys. Some, you, know, you know what I'm saying. I'm not going to get into the comp plan right now. But in order to get paid, you have to put a 100 PV order in. So automatically $1,200 a year is deductible because if you don't put that in as your overhead expense, you don't get paid. So right there you get $1,200 deduction, not including your mileage and your postcards you bought and product you bought to, to do whatever with and sample out and any of that stuff. My first year, because I was really good at doing this in business, I didn't make a lot of money with Young Living the first year. It might have been like $13,000. Yeah, that would have been 2002, okay? Not 2001. 2002, I think I made like $13,000. But I'll tell you what I did do. I offset my business. Oh, how do I say this? I offset my income with my business expenses. So I was working that corporate job, but because I spent so much money to get my business off the ground, it brought down my taxable income from my corporation that I worked for, Nissan, and I got a 60 some was either 5600 or $6,000 return in taxes because I started this amazing business, and I got rewarded by the government. So how cool is that, right? So even though you may not make a lot of money the first year in business, if you're still working a, quote, job, you better – Select all these deductions I'm doing here, and you're legitimately doing your business. You can offset that income and give yourself a raise. I gave myself a $5,000 raise that year without even Nissan even knowing because I started my own business. So the last thing here is subscription. There's more categories, but this is 16. This will get you started. Subscriptions would be magazines, marketing websites, toll-free numbers if you're doing that, anything you're paying for monthly. So Young Living's website you know, any services that are reoccurring would be considered a subscription. So, again, make sure you see your account on all this and, you know, it's all good, but these are general ones that we do. So some filing tips. Organize your filing system according to the categories. Back up your computer's hard drive several times a month or use Dropbox or whatever it is to, to keep your files protected because if you're doing QuickBooks and your computer dies, all that stuff is on there you're going to cry. Ask me how I know. Twice. Balance your business checking account monthly. You'll love yourself, trust me, by the end of the year. Store business promotional materials and handouts in an easy-to-get-to area, like a file box. Have it with you or have a bag with you. or Have it all marked and, you know, to, to label together. Or create packets. Have a, a file folder and have all new member materials in there, samples, stuff you want people to have. Keep it in bulk. Keep them handy. Create bins that are presentations in a box. Have different themes. Some are like the business, the business class, the, the intro to oils 101, the oils of scripture, you know, oils for animals. Have different bins for different classes. Put your supplies in there. Mark the bin. And mind you, my favorite thing to do is keep the bin clear Ask me how I know, because all my bins I started out with were, they were opaque, they were green, and I couldn't see through them. Now all of mine are clear, so I can just look in the box and see what's in there, even though I've got it labeled. So get everything in those boxes, keep them organized. And you'll just have to grab that thing and go 
do your class or do whatever it is you're doing. So that's how you get your office going. Now your startup budget, this is just, it's a, it's a small thing, but at least this gets you in an ideal frame of mind so that you are not overspending or underspending. You're realistic. How much can you spend a month to get your business going? You've got your 100 bucks a month for your overhead for your product and your essential rewards, but how much can you invest? Can you put in $50 a month for advertising, promotion, you know, buying literature, whatever it is? Can you do $500 a month? Be realistic on what you can put into your month, to your business every month, and then break it down. You know, how much are you going to spend for making copies? How much you, does it cost for your phone carrier, whether you're doing a landline or a cell phone, your Internet service, things like that, that you now is a legitimate income or a legitimate expense that you can use to offset your income, right? So also your DVDs, brochures, all those things are now part of your monthly budget. All right, so let's talk about the last thing here is your business plan. Some of you probably just closed your eyes, grabbed your head, and said, I don't want to hear it. You have to listen to me here. Because if you get audited by the IRS and you don't have a business plan, they're going to kick you in the pants. You can create a very simple business plan because some of you are going to not break even for quite a while. And to prove that you're not just doing a hobby, you need a business plan. Business plan can save your butt, okay? So create your business plan. You want goals for three months, six months, one year, three years, and five years. Be very, very specific on these goals. All right, so in your business plan, you want, I'm going to give you nine categories, and then I'm going to get into a little bit more specific, okay? So get ready to write this down. The first thing is a strategic attraction plan. That's number one, strategic attraction plan. Number two is new customer prospecting and development. Part of your business plan, new customer prospecting and development. Number three is retention and conversion. Number four is management and administration. The fifth thing is training and leadership development. The sixth thing is sales volume and income goals. The seventh thing is personal development. The eighth thing is time management. And the ninth thing is calendar. Let me go through this again. One is strategic attraction plan. Two is new customer prospecting and development. Three is retention and conversion. Four is management and administration. Five is training and leadership development. Six is sales volume and income goals. Seven is personal development. Eight is time management. And nine is calendar. All right, so let me go through a little bit deeper with you and tell you what this looks like so you can lay it out and create your business plan. And it's okay. No matter what time of the year you're listening to this, get started with your plan now and, and kind of back create and then create it for the rest of your year. So the top of your sheet should say business plan for year 2000 whatever. And then you write your mission statement. What is your mission? How could you be doing this if you don't have a mission? Why? What's up? Why are you doing this? And then below that, put in what you offer. What are you offering people? 
So that's like kind of like the heading of the whole thing. And then you're going to your strategic attraction plan. You're create, you know, how are you going to uh, create the attraction to your business partners and your customers? So imagine that you're putting on you know, a hat <laughs> or, you know, and you're going to be standing there and you want to tell the world what type of people you want in your business. Who are your perfect business partners? Who's your perfect customer? What attributes do they have? How would you like them to be? Who do you want in your business? Define who your perfect customer is. Define who your perfect business partner is. So then the second part is your new customer prospecting development. How are you going to share and market Young Living? So you've got to specify how you will achieve that through different methods for both health and business partners in your business. Are you going to do expos? Are you going to go out and about prospecting? Are you going to run ads? How are you going to get the word out? Are you just going to stand there and wait for people to call you? So you got to put that in your plan. So how are you going to retain and convert these people? And by conversion, I mean customers to distributors and distributors to business builders. So that's the third thing, retention and conversion. How are you going to follow up? How are you going to retain these people? Are you going to be sending them postcards? Are you going to be calling them, your emails? How, you know, the easiest customer to get is the one you already have, right? You put in all this effort to get them in your business you want to keep them in. And then the ones that are in your business, how are you going to convert them to distributors or business partners? What's your plan with that? Number four is management and administration. So I know some of you are just like, oh, no, that sounds too corporate. (laughs) I know, I know. How will you organize your office and update your technology and your administrative systems during the year? That's really, that's all that is. How are you going to update your technology and your your administrative systems? It's like the more techno stuff. This is not business prospecting stuff. Number five is training and leadership development of business associates. So contact your upline for what training system they use in their business, or maybe you've got one you've already developed or one you use, and that's what you're going to put in this section. So you're going to put in there the different methodologies that you're going to facilitate to your leaders. How are you going to train them? How are you going to develop them? You know, I've got, like, check sheets on getting people started and ways to bring people through a system. I have an email training system that my people on my team get if they become a business builder. It's a two-month-long program. That's how I get them started in training. So you got to put that stuff in there. Number six is the fun one, sales volume and income. (laughs) This is where you get to get your, your stars in your eyes and put on, you know, abundance and magnify your purpose. So your first goal is to reach what rank within what time period. To accomplish this, what are you going to do? So my first goal is to reach silver by May. And in order to do this, I'm going to do two home gatherings a week, one expo a month. I'm just giving you ideas. Then after you get that spelled out, you're going to put my next goal is to reach gold by August. And to do this, I'm going to blah, blah, blah. And you write out, what, you know, what are you going to do? 
And you might go to Royal Crown Diamond and then go backwards. So you want to make Royal Crown by next year and then bring it backwards. How do you need to create that? That's where you do this here. And it's easy. The sales volumes, just look at the comp plan. Put the sales volumes in there. Number seven is personal development. How are you going to get the skills? Your, your income follows your personal growth. You get paid exactly what you're worth and where your skill levels are. So you want to make more money, you've got to get more skill. Are you going to go to Mastermind? Are you going to go to Eric Worre's GoPro? Are you going to get a coach? What are you going to do? And that's what you're going to write there. Number eight is time management. I know we all kind of suck at this one, right? I don't anymore. It used to be horrible. So how much are you going to put in your hours a week? Write that out. I'm going to put in 10 hours a week. How many hours for prospecting? How many hours for office tests and bookkeeping? How many hours following up with customers? How many hours developing new business partners? How many hours on self-development and training? And how many hours on project development? I'll tell you one thing is 80% of your time should be prospecting. So if you got 10 hours, 8 hours should be prospecting. The other 2 hours could go to the other categories. So with that, you can take a calendar and fill in your week and do it that way. And then you can also break this calendar out through the year, you know, throughout the year. So for the calendar for 2000, whatever year it is, put in literally, you know, you can either make like a grid calendar or just write it out January, February, March, April, May, June, July, blah, blah, blah. And in there, put the events that are going to be in there, your upline trainings, expos, parties, advertising campaigns, yada, yada. And then you can take that and put that into your electronic technology and track it that way. But at first, my encouragement is go back to old paper and pen. And then so write out down your goals. At the end of the year, where do you want to be? Where do you want to be in three years, five years, and ten years? Okay. So that lays it out. You've got a lot of homework with this. But this is easy stuff. It's just stuff you got to do. It's going to take a little time. But get your business plan done, get your office set up, talk to an accountant, get your ducks in a row, and I can guarantee this is going to help your business immensely. So, well, thanks for listening to this training, and uh, good luck.